Good morning, Grace Covenant Church. Y'all ready to worship the Lord this morning? Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, you are an awesome and mighty God. Lord, we thank you that you are the reason for this season. Lord God, we thank you that you chose to dwell among us, Lord, to live a perfect and blameless life, Lord, and take our place on the cross, Lord, to pay a price for our sins that we could never pay. God, we thank you for creating a way for us to have a relationship with you. Lord, we love you and want to give you all the praise and all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Good to see y'all. Hey, uh, so uh, the announcements today. Jerry says, I dusted my house last year. The dust came back. I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, today is Benevolent Sunday, uh, so there's a wicker basket on that table in the back. That offering goes to help people in need in our community. Also, uh, in front of you is a response card. Um, this is uh, the best way that we know of to hear from you. Uh, so if you have a prayer request or a praise report, or if you want to update your contact with us, please fill this out, and you can drop it in the offering plate or in that box at the back of the room as well. Um, let's see. Uh, mana bags are available, so check those out in the back hallway. Uh, cr the Christmas shop is coming up this week, correct, on Saturday? Woo! So if you have new or gently used items that you would like to donate, we'll be taking donations all week this week, and then it will be 
running uh, t- next Saturday, and uh, volunteers are also needed, and you can talk to Kara uh, about that. Also, the Christmas food pantry is on the 16th, and they need volunteers, so uh, let any of the staff know if you're interested in volunteering at that. And we have a Christmas Eve service happening at 4.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve, so we're really excited about that as well. Um, for our Advent reading today, we w- I would like to invite Ben and Ann and Miles and Oliver to come and read. Good morning, everyone. All right, so today's reading will be from the first chapter of Luke, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. And we thank you for coming on Christmas. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.
There is no one who is like our God. There is no one who compares to his love. I am free, I am free, I am free because of the King. God really loves us. 
this morning. God, we ask that as your word is delivered, that our hearts and our minds and our ears would be open to hear it today. Lord, I ask that your presence would fill this place, Lord, that each one, every one of us could have an encounter with you today. Lord, let your presence help us, Lord. Let your heart change our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be uh, transitioning to a time of communion, so if you can locate uh, the cup, uh, it might be at your feet or in the seat pocket in front of you. You know, uh, when Jesus gave the first communion, uh, he said that we should do this in remembrance of him. And uh, so together, um, I just wanted to take a moment and remember what Jesus has done for us. Not, not just in dying on the cross for our sins and paying the penalty for us so that we can have an up-close relationship with him and, and, and with God the Father, but maybe something that God's done specifically for you. In remembrance of him. So uh, I just want to give you a second to think about that.
What has he, what has he done for you? And maybe you want to thank him or, or you want to praise him or whatever in that moment. So on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. And in the same way, he took the cup, said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Drink this in remembrance of him. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness. You're so good. Thank you for getting up close to us. Thank you for being God with us in the midst of all our messes and mistakes and in the midst of our brokenness and downtroddenness, we praise you. Thank you for all of the ways that you've provided for us and all of the ways that you've been faithful to us. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you just for being the God who is present and alive and not dead and not distant and not far away, but up close. Father, we praise you. You are good. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, children, you are released for Children's Church. My bad. Sorry. Excommunication there on my part. But uh, so we'll let you go pretty quick, okay? Hey, the thing that we're thinking about and remembering, Nathan asked us to... As, as Jesus does, to remember him and the facet of his uh, extraordinary being and all he's done is that this eternal son of God, infinite eternal son of God, chose to become a little tiny baby boy. That's astounding. That's amazing. And it's very fitting that today... Uh, Danny Cox is going to come with her little guy, Malachi. And this will be the best sermon you get today. And we'll look at him and join her in blessing little Malachi. So Danny, if you want to come, uh, she asks us to uh, join her in thanking God for Malachi and, and also um, offering our support to her. Also, uh, Malachi's dad, you see it on the screen, Marcus was eager to be here and participate in this time of prayer, uh, but the very last, last minute, uh, he had to work. And it's good to have Michelle here, too. I know she's been a tremendous support uh, to Danny and to uh, Danny's family. But uh, we'll, we'll have another time when we can uh, get to know Marcus and, 
and uh, pray with him as well. You know, one thing that's really clear in the Bible is how much Jesus uh, treasures and welcomes little ones. Uh, he said, he still says, let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his arms, hands on them, and blessed them. Well, Danny, that's the kind of blessing you want for Malachi, right? Nothing less than the, the blessing of the living Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and you and, and Marcus love him. You want the very best for him. But I think you know that uh, you on your own can't give all that he needs. He needs your love as a mother. He also needs especially and forever the love of God that's been given through his son Jesus. And that life-giving love uh, is going to come through you. There's the mama. That uh, great love is also going to come through many friends, people like Michelle and the friends here who love you and, and will do their very best to be supportive and prayerful as you continue to raise Malachi and his big brothers. Um, let me ask you this, Danny. Um, are you willing to open as much of yourself as you can to as much of Jesus as you now understand and to stay on a growing edge for your own self, your own good, but also for Malachi? And so will you care for him and pray for him and guide him toward trusting and following Jesus as Lord. If so, will you say, I will? And of course, um, it is good that you don't have to do that totally alone. You have friends, you have family, you have this church family who've come to love you. And so Grace Covenant Church, I'm asking that you live up to that name of grace and extend that uh, to uh, Danny and Malachi and uh, let me ask you to join me in offering this statement uh, to uh, Danny. And indirectly, we offer it to Marcus as well. Let's join together. You've offered your child to the strong and tender providence of God and to the nurture of the church. We rejoice with you and give thanks for the gift of your child. We promise with humility and seriousness to share in your child's nurture and well-being. We will support by our example and words your efforts to provide a loving and caring home where trust in God grows and Christ's way is chosen. Our prayers will be with you and for you. May our shared life and witness help make your task both joyful and fruitful. I'd like to hold little Malachi. Hey, big guy. Now I'm going to walk around and let you get a good look at this, this uh, handsome man. Like I said, take a good, good look. This is the best sermon you'll get today. <laughs> and as you, look at, as you look at Malachi, again, could you just think that the eternal, infinite God of the universe became like this for you, for me, for the world? astonishing isn't it and and then the miracle too that he would give life to this little guy and um, he's, he's not just a little showcase of what Jesus became uh, what <laughs> <laughs> he, 
Usually people fall asleep when I talk, but he's <laughs> wide awake. Oh, my goodness, what a blessing he is. I know to Danny, but uh, he will be to so many others. So let's, let's pray together. And Lord, as I hold this little guy, I represent the body of Christ, including Grace Covenant Church. And as we hold Malachi, we represent you, the head of the body. And already you, you hold Malachi. You hold him in your love. You hold him in your promises. And those are the promises we claim today. We, we lift um, up Danny and also Marcus. We pray that you would guide them through the, the really good times with a child as, as well as the hard times and, and, and give them wisdom and patience. Uh, we pray that um, through their efforts, Malachi would grow strong and healthy. We ask that the day would come through the witness of, of his mom and through many others, the day would come when he'd decisively place his faith in you, Jesus Christ, to be not only God, your, your amazing creature, but to be your eternally loved son. Lord, we lift up um, his big brothers too. Bless them and pray that uh, all their relationships would be shaped by you. Uh, Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now Malachi, in the name of the Father who made you and loves you, in the name of the Son who died and was raised for you, in the name of the Holy Spirit who will show you Jesus, we bless you. Amen. God bless you, Danny. Just wanted the children to, to see that and know that they're loved too. So they, you guys can head off to your, your session. And I'm going to see if I can make this music stand from not going away from me. Bless you guys. Bless you children. First Chronicles 17 is where we're going to be in Scripture, and also there's some notes that you can look at if you like on the worship guide. So, yeah, if we go to the slides here. There we go. Um, now, I was thinking there was one before that, Mabel. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Here's what we heard the Larsons read earlier. This um, amazing message that uh, a young, probably very scared young woman, Mary, receives from this supernatural being, an angel. And the angel, Gabriel, says, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby boy. And this baby will one day inherit the throne of his father David, his ancestor David, and his kingdom will never end. Well, today, what I want to do is uh, wrap up our series looking at that famous ancestor named David and look at the way that, uh, that this promise was given to him, you know, about uh, a thousand years prior to all this. And this promise of a descendant in an unending kingdom, and specifically 
what I want us to think about, what we're going to see in this uh, promise given to David, is that God has a way of taking what's pretty good and making it better, leading to his ultimate best. He leads beyond the good into uh, the best. So that's what we see in First Chronicles 17. Now, now here, here's an experience of, um, there are many in life, but one experience of maybe going beyond the good to something better is what happens at Christmas for some people, especially when you're a kid. Have you ever, have you ever had a Christmas where you really wanted something, but you didn't get it? No. Yeah. <laughs> Are you complaining, Rob? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm eager to hear afterwards what that was so that Doris can rush out and buy it for you. <laughs> so, but so often you want something, but what you do get is even better. So, for example, you're a little kid and you really want a trike, but what you get is your first bike. That's cool, right? Or let's say you're a young woman and what you really want is a beautiful necklace. But what you get is an engagement ring. You know, unless it's the wrong guy, you know, but uh, several years ago, um, just a few years ago, actually, I desperately, desperately wanted a new tie for Christmas. I always do want a new tie for Christmas, but all I got was a, a Taylor cutaway guitar. Um, that's all I got. And it turned out in time to be so good that I never, ever want a tie again. Not ever. The guitar is good enough. Okay, just thought I'd mention that. God often says no to what we ask for and want, right? He often says no to what we ask for and, and what we want that we think would be really good. And that's one of the hard things. It can be one of the hard things in a life of faith. But here's, here's what I want us to think about today, and that's that God has a way out of his absolute love, his infinite wisdom, and in his timing, to in his time, give us not just what we wanted, but something far better. Something far better that ultimately is part of his best. And that's what we, we see happening with good old King David as we look at uh, the second of two versions of his story, the one found in First Chronicles. So here's, here's uh, how the story goes at this point. Uh, David is in his prime, sort of midlife. Uh, king Saul, his adversary, has died. He's now king over at least the tribe of Judah for about seven years. Uh, they have their, their kind of headquarters in a little town called Hebron. And uh, then comes the time when the other 11 tribes say, well, yeah, he'd be a good king. So they, seven years later, they ask him to be the king over all of Israel. He consolidates with some unity. It's one of the rare times that Israel was in unity. And, and then um, he's down in Hebron, but he goes up to the city of Jebus, uh, that has no Israelites living there at all, conquers the city, renames it Jerusalem, city of peace. I'm just going to talk about that a little bit next week, and God willing. And, um, and there he uh, uh, builds a big palace. He defeats the Philistines, the arch enemy. And as a culmination of that, he brings the sacred Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem that's 
going to be named the city of David uh, in time, and uh, places it in the sacred tent, the, the tabernacle. And uh, so things are really going well. Now look at chapter 17, verse 1. After David was settled, after David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Nathan replied to David, Whatever you have in mind, do it, for God is with you. Uh, now, this is, this is a good place. This is a good thing that David has in mind. He's past midlife. He's about midlife. Uh, he could have at this point mainly been looking inward to his own needs. Yeah, I've been helping everybody else. Now it's time for me. He could have been looking backward at all his accomplishments. But instead, and this is a really good thing, he's looking not to the past, but to the future. He's looking out toward others. He's looking up to God. And what he longs to do is to make plans for God's glory and for future generations and build a temple, a house for God for the next generation. That's, that's really good what's going on here. Uh, but here's what we're going to see, and that's that God loves us too much to let us get too settled in what's less than the best. God loves us too much to let us get too settled in what's less than the best. So let's go on in the passage. But that night the word of God came to Nathan at, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. I've not dwelt in a house from the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I've moved from one tent site to another, from one dwelling place to another. What, wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their leaders, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, it goes on, you can read it in the passage there, how then God reminds David of all the good things that he's done for him, all the, all the hopes that he has for the future. And then the middle of verse 10, that's when God, through the prophet Nathan, says, I have some promises for you. The, the past has been good, but I have some promises for you for the future. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. Okay, you, you get the shift here? David wants to build a house for the Lord. The Lord says, nope, I'm going to build a house for you. When your days are over and you go home to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He's the one who will build a house for me. Now, let me just pause and say that this has an immediate fulfillment uh, soon after with his son Solomon, who does build a physical temple. But let me say that when, when their promise is given in, in Scripture through the prophets, there are usually multiple building fulfillments, okay? And, and so we want to see where this is headed. Uh, I will establish his throne forever, this son of yours. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him as I as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire uh, revelation. Now again, uh, God loves us too much to let us get too settled in what's less than the best. You know, one, one passage I love in the New Testament is Paul's letter to the Philippians where 
where he says that uh, he who began a good work among you will carry it on to completion. And I would say that's true right here in each of our lives and our lives together. Good has begun. And God's not done. He's carrying it on. But then I, I love the prayer that Paul has in verses 9 through 11 where it includes this. He says, my prayer for you is that your love abound. Because it's all about love. Loving God, loving people out of God's love for us. I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. Goes on to say, and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus our Lord to the glory of God. But God's doing the, the good thing. But Paul says, I pray that you'll see the very, very best for the sake of what you're becoming and what he'll ask you to do. And that, that's my prayer for myself. That's the prayer for Grace Covenant Church, for us together, uh, that, that God would lead us into good, but go way beyond that. That he'd go beyond the good that we think is good and lead us in his faithfulness to um, what's better, what's best. So what I want to show you, kind of going back to David, is, is show you a two, kind of a two-step progression that we see here uh, with David that I think it anticipates what he wants to do with us. Uh, first of all, there's something really good that goes on. Um, here's David. God has moved him beyond, beyond his own immediate wants. Again, he could have been looking inward and backwards, but he's been moved beyond his own immediate wants into investing with his heart, with his energy, with, with his resources, investing in the good of others, even beyond his own lifetime. He's not really old at this point, but he knows that if, if a temple goes up, for example, uh, it'll, it'll probably take so long to build that he may not even see it. And if he does, won't see it for long. But, but you see how you know, God has told him, hold off on building this temple. That doesn't mean that David's just going to play golf and watch TV. Um, he, does, he does look ahead to what God wants to do, and, and he, he gets this promise that, there, yeah, there will be a temple, apparently, and, and what we find at the very end of First Chronicles, kind of chapters 27, 20, 29 in there, that you see that um, David actually is given another revelation from God, which is detailed architectural plans for the temple that he will never see. And he passes that on to Solomon, who then ends up building this, this amazing uh, structure uh, called the temple. Um, this is really good. Uh, the theologian Reinald Niebuhr says, nothing worth doing is completed in our own lifetimes. Just think about that. Nothing worth doing is completed in our own lifetimes. And it's kind of like Psalm 71 that may, may have been written by David, we don't know, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm praying this more often. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God. And that's not just kind of a self-centered prayer. But it goes on, until I declare your power to the next generation. I mean, isn't, isn't that a, a great vision? Isn't, isn't that truly good? I'm not just living for self, I'm living for others. I'm living for people beyond my own lifetime. In, in a way, in a way, my great, 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 great grandchildren. I have zero control over that. And, and, and yet I want to prayerfully and, and, and through a measure of love have that kind of influence by the grace of God. 
And this whole thing of, of uh, the good, the truly good thing, like you see in David, of investing in the next generation beyond yourself, beyond your own lifetime, isn't this why it's so wonderful and it's so important, such a high priority, that we do invest in our little ones here at Grace Covenant Church? All the way from little guys like Malachi uh, to the students who are right on the doorstep of adulthood. I mean, isn't this a high, high priority for us as a church? And, you know, that's why I, I praise God for uh, leaders like Kelly and her huge team of, of so many of you uh, through one and, and, and through uh, Sunday morning who come alongside our, our younger ones. So grateful for Nathan and, and, and Taylor and uh, others on the team, Brandon, and others who uh, are alongside our, our adolescents. And, and I would say this, so we, boy, we need to praise God for them and support them and pray for them. But then I'd say, too, that um, even if you don't have kids in those children's programs, even if you're not involved directly, I'd say it's a calling for the whole church to be give attention, loving attention, even if, 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 even if it seems kind of fleeting to our little ones. They matter. And, and I found, I, I had a, had a, a kid that grew up on a church. He came, no, he didn't grow up in the church. He came to Christ in, in high school through the youth ministry. A wild kid named Justin. He's now a deputy down uh, Douglas County Sheriff's Department. Anyway, he'd been a youth pastor for a while, and he'd been gone for maybe 10 years. He came back and said, Steve, I really got to talk to you. There's just something on my heart. I'm a youth pastor now, and, and it's only recently that I realized that that what Christ did for me when I was a wild kid in high school, it wasn't just the youth ministry, it was the way I was accepted by the whole church. And it was 500 people, you know, so he didn't, not everyone knew him, he didn't know everybody, but he said, I just felt welcomed by everybody. And back then he said, I took it totally for granted. But he said, I've been in other churches where the youth were just sort of carted off somewhere else so they wouldn't cause trouble. He said, that didn't happen at our church. And he said, that, I want you now. And he, and he choked up, this, this big, strong guy, he kind of choked up, had a tear in his eye. He said, I'm just so thankful. And he, said, he just said, I thought you should know that. And I, I, I think that's the culture of Grace Covenant as well. But let's, let's just let it continue to grow. That's a really good thing from God. Here, here's another example of investing in the future good of others beyond our own immediate needs and wants. And that's the likelihood that um, pretty soon God's going to be sending a new pastor, a long-term senior pastor to Grace Covenant Church. And uh, I'm very sure that this won't be somebody who's just looking for a job, looking for a paycheck, uh, looking for an insurance plan, uh, looking for a few ego strokes. But um, as the search committee has done its well to really discern what God wants for Grace Covenant Church, this will be a, a person who is a servant and, and a person who, um, who listens to the Lord, who, who will guide uh, Grace Covenant Church uh, along with the leadership team and other staff uh, according to God's word and God's spirit. Um, and that's, that's really good. But let me tell you what's even better, what could be even better. And that's that Grace Covenant is not just getting a new leader. That's good. But it'd be all the better if we saw this as God giving us a whole new season together. 
of following Jesus. That, that yeah, I'll be helped along by a new pastor, but it, it's not dependent upon that new pastor. It's a new season for Grace Covenant Church. And we see that that's, that's an even better kind of gift that's, that's coming. And practically, it means that we won't just kind of sit back and watch, well, let's see if that actually happens. But kind of like David did, are we willing to invest ourselves literally in that? And say, yeah, it's a whole new season for Grace Covenant Church. Yeah, we'll have a new, a new pastoral shepherd. But practically, does it mean that I'm just going to um, really step all the more into really praying that God does what he wants to do in and through Grace Covenant Church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really all the more look for ways God wants to, to use my unique gifts, whatever that might be, to serve within the body and out in the community as part of the mission of this church. And, and uh, can, can we say, I'm, I'm just going to continue or, or increase the ways that I'm generously supporting the shared ministries of this church uh, at whatever level is possible. Uh, sharing an off-the-top proportion what God's given to me to manage. It's all his, like Nathan said. That was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I was paying attention, I think, um, <laughs> among other good things he said. But um, it all belongs to God. But do you put them first in the way that gets managed and put first his, his work, and including our shared ministries uh, together? Um, and I just wonder if there are ways where God's leading any or all of us into that kind of better than just good. Uh, but then I want to go on to a second phase of what we see in David and consider um, something even better this, with this God who loves us too much to let us get too settled on what's less than is best, and that's to receive and to seek and to give not just what's good and not just even what's better, but what is his best, and it's a twofold thing. It's the kingdom and it's the king. It's the kingdom and it's the king, as you see in this promise given to David, this descendant that one day will show up. And so the, the question that I'm asking myself is that when I do feel a nudge to invest in others beyond myself, even beyond my own lifetime, what exactly am I seeking? What exactly do I most want for them as well as myself? You know, when I was a, a young dad, someone told me, and it's pretty good advice, to be a good father, really work to be a good husband. To be a good dad and a good husband, then admit where you fall short and seek the grace, the truth, the wisdom of the father. Um, and that's a valid kind of bit of, of advice for all of life. Think about this. Our lives are as good as our vision is of what's best. Our lives are as good as our vision of what's best. We often have a life vision that's so much less, so much less than what God wants to give. And therefore, our lives are not as good as they could be. Um, God, God always has more to show. And we fully belong to him, but he always has more to show, more to give, 
to move us, to enlarge us, to deepen us uh, from good to better toward the best. And that's what, that's what makes this following Jesus thing such a wonderful adventure. He's never done with us. Sometimes that gets frustrating, like, am I ever going to learn? And, well, you need conviction about that when you fall short. But also, what, what a great gift. Like, we barely started. And, and, and I want to be on that. Talking to Frank earlier, we, we just talking about how we're invited into the grand narrative of God making all things well. And we, we, get, we get off out of the plot sometimes, but what, what a great uh, promise and blessing that we get to be part of this and, and keep moving on. So a quick small, small example. Um, you know, I talked earlier about the Christmas gifts where you want something, but you get something better. So it's good, but you get something better. Uh, well, a few Christmas Eves ago, I, I got gifts from my two daughters. I have no idea what my son gave me. His presence is, his crazy, crazy presence is always a gift. But anyway, the, the girls, Sarah, the oldest, gave me a CD. We both like music. Um, Laura gave me a DVD. Remember those things? We don't use them as much. <laughs> and I thought, oh, these are nice. You know, just quickly opened them. Thanks, thanks. Uh, but then, and I didn't know what the CD was. I didn't know what this group was, Need to Breathe. But my, my Sarah loved this group. Well, she said, Dad, hold on. I'm going to put on a song. And um, I won't go into all the details, but it's a powerful song that spoke about, uh, this is a group, guys from South Carolina, a song about two brothers started the group, and they have parents who were pastors and went through a, just a horrible time of crisis in the church. And it was a song of God's redeeming that. And I started listening to the words. And I thought the song is telling my story. The time that just had gone on just before that. And I just couldn't stop crying. And it just captured the deepest feelings of that struggle. And uh, as I heard the song, but then Sarah came over and just gave me a long, long hug. It was, it was a touch of healing. It, um, it fed our bond as dad and daughter. That was far more than I expected. Well, then I opened up Laura's gift. It was a DVD. It was a documentary on Billy Graham, you know, the evangelist. And, well, that's nice. You know, I like, like Billy Graham, good history. But here's, here's the thing. Um, when I was 14 years old, my parents dragged me to hear Billy Graham down at what became Mile High Stadium. And um, I wasn't paying any attention, but the Spirit grabbed me, and I walked down, and I placed my faith in Jesus Christ and uh, stepped into new life. Um, 22 years later, Billy Graham was making his second visit to Denver. He only made two for those big public meetings, 1987. Laura was eight years old. And uh, we're sitting together, and I just said, sweetie, do, what do you think? Is this a message for you? And I said, you, you don't have to go down there to accept Jesus, but if you want, I'll go with you. And she wanted to. She went down on the same field where I accepted Christ. 
and, and she placed her faith in Jesus. Um, it, it gave us that bond, which was really important because it wasn't many years later that she gave us a run for our money. <laughs> and there were some real stormy years, but so often I go back to, yes, Lord, you, you made promises that she received back then. And she never renounced her faith, even though she wandered far. And uh, it became a lifeline in those stormy years. Uh, but, but you see what I'm saying, these, these two simple Christmas gifts? You know, each one probably, I don't know, cost 15 bucks or something. But these gifts came in such a way that I felt understood. I felt drawn into their love. And I felt all the more alive because of these gifts. And that's the way it is with the greatest of all gifts from the giver of all gifts, giving himself. This giver of all gifts who gives himself, first of all, he understands we can know that he understands us. He's become one of us. He's walked in our shoes. He's gone through, through 30 some years of the really good, but harder than we can even begin to imagine. He understands what we're going through, but then he draws us into his reconciling and healing love as no one else can. He draws us into life. And that's the best there is, beyond better and certainly beyond any good. So the question is, what, what do you want for yourself? Um, what, what are you seeking um, for the next generation, for your neighbors, for strangers? Is it just that good thing? And don't stop giving good things, but are you also looking for what's better and ultimately what's best? And more than anything else, are, you, are we asking God for ourselves and for others, for our kids, for strangers, are we asking that they come to know this amazing God? This, this one who, in his, his infinite power, chose to become powerless. Not just a baby, but first of all, a fetus. An unborn baby. Uh, then born into a cattle trough crib. And he did that is the very way he would overcome the powers of evil and death. It's an amazing reality. Why would we not want others to know that and, and to receive that? And so for we seek for ourselves and for others, again, not just this or that good, though keep doing that out of love, but then just draw others into the best of all the good. Let me just close with this note about the passage, verse 16, it's really interesting. After he gets, David gets this promise about the kingdom to come and the king of his descendant, he sat before the Lord. He sat before the Lord. Now, here's, here's a guy who rarely took a break from anything when he was ruling the kingdom, before that when he was on exile on the run, before that a hero. But here, instead of rushing off to saying, well, let's get busy with something, he makes a deliberate choice to just sit before the Lord. And, and read the whole thing. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful, beautiful prayer. Three things real quick. He says, he starts out by saying, Lord, who am I? And who are we that you would do this? And um, do you just realize how small he is? 
and the greatness of what's been promised. But then he, he goes on to praise God. He says, and how great you are. No one, nothing compares to you, almighty God. And, and then comes the request, verse 23, uh, and now, Lord, would you do as you promised? Would you do as you, not just what I want, but would you do as you promised? And it's the same basic prayer that we heard earlier from the young, scared, but trusting Mary. May your word to me be fulfilled. Literally, let it be. Beatles didn't make that up. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. So here's a step that we all can take for ourselves and for others we love, even this week, even right now, and that's to set aside some time before the, to sit before the Lord. Or if you want to stand, that's fine. If you want to walk, that's fine. But, but, but get your attention on him. Open yourself to him. And acknowledge how small you are next to him. Acknowledge how great he is. Open your Bible. Take in some scriptures. Might be this very scripture here. It might be in this season. You know, some of the birth stories and so on. It could be anywhere in the Bible. And then can you echo the praying of David and say, do as you promised, Lord. Not what I want, but do as you promised. Or echo the prayer of Mary. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's a prayer that's not just good. It's better. It's the best. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Do as you promised. Let it be to me. Let it be to us according to your word. Let's pray right now. Just, just take a moment, acknowledge to God honestly that, um, that, that you fall short of his very best. Not to be condemned, but just to be honest, to be humble. That you fall short of, of the goodness of the Lord. And then acknowledge how good he is, how great he is. More than we can even imagine. And then, like, like Nathan said earlier during communion, just take a moment and think of the good he's given you and, and maybe specifically promises that he's given in his word. The promise that he loves you, the promise that one day you'll be with him in eternal life. The promise that he's with you by his spirit, no matter what. The promise that in all things, the good but also the worst of things, in all things, he's there. He's working for good. The good according to his purpose. And, and then can you say, Lord, that's what I ask you to do. Fulfill your best. Carry out your promises. For your glory, 
for the good of others and for myself. And this is what I pray, Lord, for myself, for these friends, and for Grace Covenant Church. In your name, in your presence, we pray, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite the ushers to come and receive any gifts that we have for our shared ministries together. And uh, during this time, we'll continue to praise God.
Now, my friends, as you go on your way, may, may our love uh, from God, for God, for each other, for the world, may our love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we might be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Amen. Make your holiday celebrations double.